envies my sin. No, what's in the box? What's in the f***ing box? Give me the gun. Welcome to the Hollywood and Toto podcast, the right take on entertainment. The hit cast offers a weekly look at Hollywood from a conservative point of view. Sick of media bias infecting Hollywood headlines? Tired of stars insulting your views? Hit has your back. Now, here's your host, Christian Toto. Welcome to episode 143 of the Hollywood and Toto podcast, the right take on entertainment. This week we talked with film writer Sonny Bunch. Now we spoke to Sonny a few years ago, but now he's in charge of RebellerMedia.com. What's Rebeller? And why should right-of-center folks care about it? Wait, you're going to want to learn more about this indie film studio. Trust me. Well, Harvey Weinstein is hobbling his way around court this week to fend off rape charges. Good, and hopefully good riddance. The Weinstein scandal did more than end his career, though. It supercharged the Me Too movement in and out of Hollywood. I thought it would do something else, though. When the scandal first broke, it was very clear that many, many people knew what old Harvey was up to behind the scenes. Huge names like Quentin Tarantino and Brad Pitt learned by the women in their lives what Harvey was up to behind the scenes. And they said nothing, nor did many, many of their peers. And it made me think at the time, how can Hollywood stars still keep lecturing us after being exposed in this way? I mean, they can't possibly keep finger-wagging at us when they let this monster running loose in their industry. And that doesn't even mention all the other Harvey Weinstein juniors that were caught up in the dragnet following his downfall. Boy, was I wrong. Which leads us to Ricky Gervais, or as I call him, the man who's now in my will. St. Ricky absolutely blistered Hollywood this week during the Golden Globes monologue segment. Now you have to watch the entire sequence to really appreciate what he did and how funny it was. But the money quote right here is what everyone is talking about. If you do win an award tonight, don't use it as a, a platform to make a political speech, right? You're in no position to lecture the public about anything. You know nothing about the real world. Most of you spent less time in school than Greta Thunberg. So, if you win, right, come up, accept your little award, thank your agent and your god. And so... Now, he's right, of course, and the stars completely ignored his plea and made the evening political all over again. Climate change, pro-choice, you name it, they said it. And of course, again, the ratings for the show drooped from the previous year. Shocking. Well, it's 2020, and I think you can expect more lecturing and finger-wagging from Hollywood this year. Even the great Ricky Gervais can't make it stop. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. And now here's the hit Tweet of the Week. 
This week's Twitter is Henry Winkler. Yes, Arthur Fonzarelli himself is on the Twitter, and he mostly avoids the political mess that the that his Hollywood peers get themselves engaged in all the time. But not this week. He's talking about the Iranian general who killed at least 600 Americans and many, many more people of color, to paraphrase the great Colin Kaepernick. Here's Henry's message. Good morning. Hey, I'm open. Tell why making sure an entire region of the world's rage against us is now surely forged into one is a helpful thing for the USA. Well, pretty awkwardly phrased, and I read it as is, so my apologies, but let's let General Petraeus answer the Fonz on this matter. The General said it was impossible to overstate the significance of the Soleimani strike. He also said that killing him was a bigger coup than getting bin Laden. So there's that. You're listening to my daddy's podcast. He makes us go to bed early if we don't watch Avengers Infinity War with him. Again. The new hit tape of the week is Siren. The HitCast listeners know that I love going through a streaming service, looking for new movies, and stumbling across a horror film that's actually pretty good. It's not as easy as it looks, though. I recently signed up for Shudder's streaming service. That's a horror network. And I bailed after about a half an hour of the film, Bore. Whew! Absolutely dreadful. So I started watching the 2016 movie, Siren, with a little hesitation. It's a story about four buddies, kind of like The Hangover, who are giving one of their chums a final night of bachelor debauchery before he gets married. And along the way, they stumble across a secret bar with strippers and all sorts of fun things to watch, including one attraction who isn't exactly what she appears to be. Before long, these guys are scrambling for their lives as the title character, Siren, is spreading her wings. Now, Siren isn't a great horror movie, but it sure is fun. I love the bond between the main characters. They set it up early, it's there, and it works throughout the film. The cast themselves, they give a good impression. I haven't seen these actors before, but they're solid, and I didn't want them all to die immediately like is the case in so many horror movies, so kudos for that. Now, the scare elements in Siren are pretty well choreographed. This isn't state-of-the-art stuff, but I liked it. It kept me on the edge of my seat. It was tense. Some of the jolts were good. And the story itself is also pretty original. There were some moments I thought were kind of silly, not fully explained, but hey, you roll with it. It's a horror movie. But to be fair, this is exactly the kind of movie you want to stumble upon when you can't find something to watch, you're kind of scrambling, you want something kind of low-key, maybe nothing is going to challenge you intellectually, but just a good, fun time. That's why movies like Siren are so important. And best of all, it's available right now on Netflix. Political Spirits, the weekly conservative podcast that says the left and right should have a few drinks and talk. The only podcast that intersperses commentary with the sound of pouring alcohol. Host Franklin Rye, an experienced governmental affairs professional, offers analysis, commentary, and conservative solutions mixed in with amusing anecdotes about the sausage-making process. Ever wonder how democracy is like a Chevy Suburban? Did the Beatles really write conservative songs? How a Democrat politician is like the Archelians in Men in Black? Add to that occasional historical episodes with a patriotic bent, kept at 30 minutes or less, perfect for a commute, and you have a podcast recipe to serve conservatives, political news and opinion junkies, and those who just wonder how on earth we reached the point where so many in our country think patriotism is a dirty word. 
Please join us at Political Spirits, that's politicalspirits.libsyn.com, or on Twitter at Franklin Rye. This week's guest, Sonny Bunch, had the coolest job around. He's a film critic. I, listen, I'm not rolling in money, but as a film critic myself, I can tell you it is fun. But now, he might even have a cooler gig. He's the editor-in-chief for a new website called rebellermedia.com. The website's the home for Rebeller. It's a new film studio that's an offshoot from Cinestate. Now, Rebeller is all about outlaw cinema. It's not going to go woke or shy away from really tough stories. It's kind of like grindhouse movie making, but a smarter version of it. With apologies to those great grindhouse films of yore. One of their upcoming projects involves a school shooting. And it's very typical of what Rebeller is all about. It's not necessarily exploitative, but it goes in places that other indie studios just don't want to go near. Very cool. Now, Sonny's going to explain what makes Rebeller different and why neither he nor his boss, Dallas Sonnier, who was a previous hit show guest, by the way, isn't going to be going on any apology tours anytime soon. I hope you enjoy my new chat with RebellerMedia.com's editor-in-chief, Sonny Bunch. Well, Sonny, you've got a piece at rebellermedia.com that captures what your new site, the new company, the new mission's all about. And I'm going to have a link to it in the show notes page, but I always like it when people give me their elevator pitch, sort of the distilling it to its pure essence. How would you do that for Rebeller Media and what we can expect in the years to come? Sure. Uh, so we are, uh, we're, we're the site. Uh, my boss has a, has a phrase he likes, outlaw cinema. Uh, which is kind of the, uh, the 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 folks who are working slightly below the radar, uh, slightly below Hollywood's radar. Um, even though we are we are working hand in hand with several Hollywood companies, but uh, you know it's it's uh, you know the way the way I put it in the piece you mentioned is uh, uh, you know outlaws uh, wherever you find outlaws, movies like crime dramas and thrillers and uh, action movies, that sort of thing. That's that's where you're likely to find uh, outlaw cinema. Um, I'm, uh, I, 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 the way I would pitch it to people is, you know, look, it, it, we are a film writing site for people who, uh, who, who want to celebrate movies and not necessarily complain about them. Right. Like we're, we're, we love Clint Eastwood movies. We love John Wayne movies. We love, uh, Keanu Reeves movies. We love all sorts of movies. Uh, and we, we hope to kind of share that with people and expand their horizons just a little bit. I've got a, one of, one of the guys working for us, a guy named Jacob Knight. He is, uh, doing a, a series called original outlaws. And it looks like it looks at a lot of the exploitation cinema of the, the 1970s and 1960s. His first piece was on Manson exploitation, basically the, the wave of movies that, uh, kind of aped and riffed on the, uh, the, the Charlie Manson murders. Um, uh, and obviously are relevant in the, the, uh, in a summer where once upon a time in Hollywood is one of the, uh, the, the biggest movies of the year, you know? Uh, um, uh, uh, and uh, anyway, that's, that's the sort of thing we're trying to do. We're trying to give people kind of a, um, uh, a, a guide, a guidepost to cinema of the past that we love, a guide to what's in theaters. Now, uh, we want to tell people what's in streaming. We want to get people excited for the movies we're making. Um, you know, rebellermedia.com is, is part of the Cinestate empire, the burgeoning Cinestate empire. Um, and, uh, we, we have a couple of movies in pre-production right now. We just wrapped, uh, 
a movie called Run, Hide, Fight that should be hitting theaters hopefully uh, at the end of this year. Um, so we'll we'll see we'll see how all that goes. Now that movie in particular, I think, really epitomizes the mission here. Uh, give people a little peek at that film because one of the things I read about it was the subject matter was radioactive. People just didn't want to touch it. But of course, that just means that you guys are all in. Sure, sure. So Run, Hide, Fight, uh, the elevator pitch for Run, Hide, Fight is basically Die Hard set in a school shooting. Um, it is about a, a girl who uh, her her school comes under attack from one of these school shooters uh, that we see in the news every so often. And she has to uh, rescue her friends and take the killers down. Um it is, you know, it's funny. I, I actually read the script before I came on board uh, at CineState. My, my boss now, Dallas Sonia, he sent me the script and he said, hey, take a look at this. What do you think? And when he gave me that elevator pitch, the Die Hard in a School Shooting elevator pitch, I kind of, you know, I winced a little bit, as I think a lot of people do. It's like, oh, whoa, that's uh, that's pretty that's pretty tough. But the script is not exploitative at all. It is very um, it's actually very uh uh, sweet is the wrong word, but melancholy uh, is is probably a better a better way to put it. Uh, and I, uh, I I loved it. I loved it, and I couldn't believe that nobody was willing to make it. You know, it's not like um, it's not like Hollywood to shy away from controversy, right, Christian? <laughs> uh, you know, we're uh, we we live in a it's it's interesting because there there have been a handful of school shooting movies or movies that could loosely be kind of cataloged as school shooting movies, but they tend to be arty or fair. Um, and they tend to kind of, you know, uh, look at it from the killer's perspective. And we wanted to, uh, make a movie that looks at the perspective of somebody who, uh, stands up and says, no, stands up and says, we're not going to be, uh, we're not going to be victims today. Um, so, you know, it's, a uh, it's a, it's a, it's a difficult subject matter. And, uh, the, the, the only thing I would ask of people is to, uh, before they judge it, watch it. I know that's a hard thing to do in this age of instant takes and hot, hot takes. And, you know, everybody's got their, got their opinions. They got to get out there based on trailers or elevator pitches or descriptions or whatever, but you gotta, you gotta watch this thing. It's going to be, it's going to challenge your perspectives on it. I think Well, that's refreshing and I can't wait to see it. I want to make, you know, you talked about Dallas uh, Sonia before he was a previous guest on the show and I love his approach to films and just everything about his, his uh, artistic sensibility is intriguing to me at the very least. Another person who I, I don't know if the same category, but Jason Bloom is a fellow who makes movies that are genre-related mostly, low, low budgets. Maybe you haven't heard of the stars for the most part, and he's very successful. It seems like a very easy formula. Keep the budgets low, have some a little bit of creativity, and you're off to the races, but it's not that easy. What's What what, what do you fear, sort of looking at Cinestate, Rebeller Media? You know, Obviously, if you keep the budgets low, you, the risk is lower. But it still yeah. doesn't, doesn't guarantee success. So what's, oh, sure, what's sure. the secret sauce, do you think, from your, your company's perspective? Sure. Well, you know, Bloomhouse is doing something that is tried and true, really. I mean, they, they're making horror films uh, at, a, at, a, at a mini budget level. If you, if you look at the list of films with the best return on investment, they're, all, they're basically all horror movies. <laughs> you know, right. like Halloween was made for, you know, a couple hundred grand, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, et cetera, uh, Paranormal Activity. All, the, all those movies 
Blair Witch Project, right? I could I could run through the whole list. Um, uh, and and there has always been a market for that. There has always been an appetite uh, in the like basically you know fifteen to twenty five set for scary movies in the theater uh, that are that are done on the cheap that don't need stars that can be that can be that can be kind of cranked out uh, in in rapid fire fashion. Um, and look, I, this is not to take anything away from Bloomhouse. They're really good at it. And some of that stuff transcends, uh, the, the genre trappings, right? Like, uh, get out, I think is, is better than your average horror movie. Um, they, uh, Oh God, what was the, the name of the movie? Uh, the purge is by Joel Edgerton. Uh, the purge was also very good. The gift. I'm sorry. I was thinking of the gift. I'm pretty okay. sure that was Bloomhouse. Um, but you know, they, they, they are very, they're very good at what they do. I have no, uh, I have nothing bad to say about them. We're, we're working in a slightly different space. Um, at Cinestate. I mean, at Cinestate, you know, uh, the, the movies of S Craig Zoller, which is, uh, kind of what puts Cinestate on the map are not really straightforward horror um, or even straightforward genre movies. They're kind of mashups in a way. They're, they're uh, for instance, Bone Tomahawk is a Western and a horror movie. Um, uh, Dragged Across Concrete is a, uh, is a, is a kind of grindhouse cop movie, but also uh, with a, with a distinctly kind of European neorealist flavor to it. It, it, it's, it, he's doing very, very interesting things. Um, and I, I, uh, I, I think that, you know, the, the way that you, you make these movies, uh, work is you keep, you keep the budget low, uh, run high fight. I think, uh, the budget on that is, is, uh, I actually, I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure I'd have to check, but the budget on it is very low. Uh, the, the, uh, uh, you keep the budget low. You, you, uh, pre-sell rights based on the names of the stars. Thomas Jane stars in this movie. He's great. Um, everybody loves Thomas Jane. Uh, and, uh, and then you, you, uh, you, 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 you try and get it in theaters. And if you can't get it in theaters, you, you move DVDs and Blu-rays, uh, on, on the shelves at Walmart and, and target. And you, uh, move, you move VOD sales. VOD is a very big, uh, part of our business model. And, uh, it has been, I think a pretty big success again on, on movies like, uh, bone tomahawk or, um, uh, brawl and cell block 99. You know, it's, it's, it's hard. It's it's, the movie business is hard. Making money's uh, making money in movies is hard. Uh, and I, the, the way you do it is by wringing every last bit of revenue that you can out of all the, the various sources, you know, eventually, uh, you wind up selling streaming rights to Amazon and Netflix, and then you move on to the, to the, to the next project. Yeah. It's interesting. And I, and sometimes the, uh, uh, a half dozen small revenue streams add up to something that's quite healthy. I was kind of, you, I read your piece about the mission and one of the things I loved about it is it, it, I don't think you said it in these terms, but you can't clutch your pearls if you're making movies like this. Can you take on that approach and how do you stave off the, the outrage mob? Because there's a good chance they'll come for you sooner or later, or, or maybe the, or maybe you disagree. Yeah, sure. I mean, look, there there are always people who are going to be upset about uh, the movies we make. You know, they 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 push buttons. They push buttons intentionally uh, in in some some ways. Um, but that's because you know art is designed to provoke a response. Great, 
I, I, look, I, I, I'm not going to compare the films we are making to the works of uh, Michelangelo or Leonardo da Vinci or anything like that. But art, art is designed to provoke a response. Art is designed to push people's buttons um, if you're doing it well. And uh, we are we are uh, in a we are we are in a situation where we are, uh, you know, trying to get people to stand up and pay attention and. Uh, when they come for us and they will, we just have to kind of say, well, what are you going to do? You're going to fire Dallas Sonia. You know, you, you, we're going to get rid of the, the boss <laughs> who runs all this stuff. Cause that's, that's who you gotta, that's who you gotta get rid of if you want to shut us down. Um, and he's, he's, uh, he, he fears no one. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I, uh, it's one of the things I'm most excited about working for Cinestate and working at rebellermedia.com is, uh, the fact that I, I am working with somebody who has my back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never, I've never felt worried about getting fired for an errant tweet or because somebody had a bad post, you know? I also think that once you make that stand, it's almost like a defense mechanism where you think, uh, Anthony, I think it's Anthony Jeselnik, the comedian, his whole shtick is I'm going to make you upset. And even maybe like a uh, Lisa Lampanelli or a Don Rickles back in the day, who I think he was kind of grandfathered in that he could say what he wanted. I think if you come out and say, come at me, I think that tells those people who would otherwise do so that they don't. I, do, any thoughts on that? Yeah, sure. I mean, there's something to be said for being proactive in your own defense, right? The best defense is a good offense. And we're, you know, look, we, we, we have a movie, the elevator pitch of which is Die Hard in a School Shooting. So, like, what are you going to say about us that we're we're not ready for, right? <laughs> I, like, I, I, you know, I, I don't, I'm sure somebody will come up with something at some point that will stump me, but I have yet to see it. <laughs> By the way, I, I know you were a bit of a political creature up until recently, and it sounds like, I think I read this, that you were a little, you know, eager to move on to more artistic pursuits that maybe sort of the DC scene can kind of wear on you. Do you get the sense that there, there may be a growing crowd that maybe like-minded souls, people who maybe were political are active, but think, I just want escapism. Give me, give me what rebellers got. Is, is, is that sort of part of maybe the, the, the five to 10 year plan? Yeah, I hope so. I mean, look, I, the, the, you know, what we're, what we're doing on our site is, uh, I think uh, we are avoiding trying to take part in the daily outrage machine, right? But we're also uh, perfectly happy to poke a little fun at the 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 outrage machine. If you if you look at the top of our site, it is uh, it's basically an aggregation uh, section where where we just kind of pull headlines from around. Uh, around the the film, you know, uh, uh, movie blogosphere, right, and and put them out there and 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 give people just uh, the headlines and send them off. I, I've described it as the the Drudge Report uh, for movies to some people, and I had somebody like, "Oh, that's so right wing." Uh, I was like, "Well, I don't really mean like in terms of you know conservative or liberal. I just mean in terms of how the Drudge Report is set up. Where if you click on it, it takes you off the site. We're not paying anybody to like rewrite anything. There are lots of sites that." pay people to rewrite the aggregation to kind of harvest the clicks. And we are, we're not doing that. We have a different revenue model. Um, and we are, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to do, we're trying to do something, uh, something a little bit different. Mm -hmm. You know, um, there's a part of me that wonders why I still like the movies I like. I just turned 51 
and I'm more excited about your average MCU movie or a splatter film than I ever was. And I'm thinking, I thought I would have outgrown that, and I'm very happy I haven't, by the way. But I'm, I, there's a part of me that thinks that outlaw energy is for the young, but obviously there are people of all ages kind of creating outlaw content. Can you, can you talk a little bit about sort of that that energy? And, and Does that, I mean, I'm not, it's not even a question. I'm just kind of curious your thoughts on that, because I'm surprised by my own tastes in, in movies at, at this at this not so tender age, and I thought they would change, but they haven't. But what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, it's it, it's interesting because I don't I don't want to run down Marvel. Uh, I, I I think that Marvel does a lot of things very very well. Um, Marvel makes movies for the masses, uh, and they're great, and they are for the most part competently done and uh, entertaining. And I, 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 I like, I don't, I don't want to, uh, I don't, I don't want to, you know, attack them. We're what, what we're, you know, you, you ask about the energy of the outlaw cinema ideal, and it is definitely, um, uh, a kind of guerrilla style mode of filmmaking where you have to be working on four different projects at the same time. I mean, look, I, the, the Cinestate office employs, I don't know, maybe 20 people, um, and with those 20 people, we put out two full-time websites, Cinestate and Fan- or, uh, Rebeller Media and Fangoria. We put out a quarterly magazine, the Fangoria magazine. We have a line of books that we're publishing. Um, we have uh, uh, the, a movie that had just wrapped production, and we have two more that are about to start production at the, the, the middle of next month. Um, you know, so like getting all of this done with a essentially skeleton crew of people is one of the more impressive things I've ever seen, uh, just on a purely, um, uh, organizational level. And it, it takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of, uh, you know, trying try, you know, uh, people working on four different projects at the same time to get stuff done. Uh, and I think, you, some of that is reflected in the movies we make, right? Like, uh, you know, the, say, say what you will about, um, uh, the languid pacing in a movie like dragged across concrete, but the skill is obvious and apparent. Um, and the fact that it was made as cheaply as it was, uh, is a testament to, uh, the, the crew that we have putting all these films together. Um, you know, so do I like a, to, to your question about like, you know, does, does taste change as are people's taste, do people's taste change as they get older? I, uh, I, I can say mine probably has a little bit, but I, I, that doesn't mean that you can't have both, right? Like you can have the, the Western horror of bone tomahawk and you can have the kind of, uh, lighter, uh, sunnier fare of a, of an Iron Man movie. I don't think you have to. We live, fortunately, we live in a, in a, we don't, we don't have the Bernie Sanders world yet where you have to choose, you know, the one, one type of movie. We can have all 200 types. Gotcha. Uh, it sounds like what, part of what you're involved with is almost like an incubator of artists who maybe haven't hit a big yet, are emerging, have an interesting voice. You know, you mentioned S. Craig Zoller. He's great and I love his stuff and I can't wait to, whatever he makes next, I'm, I'm there. Are there any other artists that you're working with now? Maybe you can mention a name or two that we don't know yet, but boy, I bet you in a year or two we will. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I'm not entirely sure how to answer that. Cause I don't, I don't know what projects are public knowledge yet and, okay, and okay. what aren't, you know? Uh, but the movie we just finished, the movie we just finished, uh, run, hide, fight, uh, the director's Kyle Rankin, who's, uh, who people who viewers of project Greenlight will remember. He was like the first 
Project Greenlight winner. Um, and I, I think he's gotten, uh, I, I, I'm not sure he was helped by that experience exactly, uh, just because it, it's such a, it's so unfair to put that sort of spotlight on a first time director. Um, but I, I'm, I was super excited to hear that we were working with him on run, hide fight. He's great. Uh, I was on set for a couple of days and watched him work. And I was just like, God, this looks, I like, it's funny you know, you, you, movie sets are weird places because there there's like 10 seconds of activity at any given time. And then everybody resets and there's five minutes of standing around trying to figure out what to do. <laughs> but watching watching those, you know, 10 to 20 second bits and pieces through the viewfinder uh, was was really amazing. It's like, oh, holy crap, this is this is what you know, you watch it in front of you and you're just like, OK, here are people walking around. And then you watch it through the letterboxed viewfinder and you're like, oh, man, this is a this is a real movie. This is a real you can see the skill in like what what each individual camera movement he is making is doing. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for people to get reacquainted with, uh, Mr. Rankin. Gotcha. You know, above and beyond your duties with Cinestate, you're a movie guru. You, you, you studied the scene. I'm kind of curious, are there any emerging trends, whether it's in within or without the, uh, the Cinestate landscape that you're intrigued by looking ahead to 2020? I mean, uh, anything, either artists that you think are, have got a great new voice or, you know, streaming services that seem to... Uh, let the artist have their say as opposed to sort of the corporate speak. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a big fan of shutter. What shutter is doing. I, I think they're, they, they are very interesting and they're kind of very narrow focus on horror and, uh, getting guys like Joe Bob Briggs to come on and do shows for them. Uh, and kind of how that, is structured over there. You know, it's relatively cheap. I think it's four or five bucks a month. Um, and they've got a pretty good library. If you're in, again, if you're into horror, uh, and, and, uh, Joe Bob, who's a, who is a columnist for both Fangoria and rebellermedia.com. Um, he's, uh, he's, he's a really interesting guy. I, it, it's, it, the, the whole world seems to be headed toward this kind of narrow casting, uh, ideal, right? Where if you can get, I don't know, a hundred thousand people, to sign up for your site or whatever and pay a couple bucks a month, the, the Patreon model, right? Like that, that is where, that is where everything seems, seems to be headed. Um, so, uh, I, I'm, I'm intrigued, I will say by what shutter is doing and kind of the, the, uh, the model of, of service they are providing. Gotcha. Yeah. I think it's interesting. And I think that does give them more freedom to do what they want to do because they don't have to please the masses. They can just please their fan base and it's small and right. it's powerful and they've got great word of mouth and they're loyal as heck. So it kind of reminds me of the micro horror movie fans who are just, are, are just adore what they've got coming to them. And I think it's wonderful, but, uh, well, Sonny, I wish you all the best with rebellermedia.com. You know, it's a wake up call in a sense. It's, you know, outlaw movies. I love the concept. And I think as more sort of the, the cultural scolds raise their voices, we need someone kind of shouting back or at least whispering in our ear that there's other alternatives. So we appreciate that. Again, it's rebellermedia.com. And you can find their outlaw brand on Twitter at rebellermedia. All the links will be on the show notes page as well. Sony, congratulations on the shift to a new frontier. And uh, tell Dallas and company we said hello because we, uh, we love their work. Uh, will do. Uh, and that, just the, the Twitter handle is just Rebeller. Just no no media, just Rebeller. Oh. Uh, yep, yep, no worries. Uh, uh, everybody check us out. We're, we're, very, we're very new and still kind of getting our sea legs. So, uh, you know, uh, but would appreciate any, any eyeballs we can get. All right. Thanks again.
Well, thanks again for listening. Don't forget to check out HollywoodandToto.com for both the show notes and, of course, the latest entertainment news. Please follow me at Twitter at HollywoodandToto. And we'd love it if you leave a podcast review over at iTunes. See you next week. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Haverty's Furniture is here to help you get your home all set for the new year so you can set the stage with more style, set the bar more beautifully, and set a more show-stopping table. Let's set some time aside to settle in on a new sofa together because being at home shouldn't mean having to settle for less. And Haverty's Furniture can help you start the new year off right at their holiday savings event so you can create the perfect setting. And right now, everything's on sale store-wide. 